we are going to jump into um, the next part of our Get Real series. And this series has been all about how do we have real conversations with God? I, I mean, we're talking about a God who is not far off. Uh, a God who is not unreachable, he's not distant, he's not uncaring, but we serve a God who is here, he is close, he, he is imminent, he loves you, uh, he, is, he knows exactly where you are no matter where you go in this world. Our God is close, and the, the amazing thing about all of it is that our God wants to spend time with you. Like, he wants to spend time with you. With you personally, he wants to have one-on-one -on -one time with you. So in this series, we're looking at the book of Psalms to see how we can have a real relationship, how we can have real conversations with the God uh, who created this universe. Now, nobody likes somebody who's, who's fake, right? Does anybody like having fake friends, uh, you know, who say nice things to your face but just stab you in the back anytime that you're not there, you know, just put you down? No, nobody likes that. Nobody wants to have fake friends. So why should we do that to God? Right? Why should we be fake with God? We say when we come and we pray, you know, we, we say all the things he wants to hear. And then we go out and do whatever we want, you know, and, and we, we treat him however we want when we leave. No, we, we want to have a real conversation with God. We want to be honest with him, right? Even in the difficult things. God would much rather have you come and if you've got questions, you've got doubts, you've got worries, you've even got complaints, to come to God with those rather than trying to tell God what you think he wants to hear. But just be honest with God. And allow God to talk back. Allow God to answer some of those questions in your life. So today I want you to open up your Bible to Psalm chapter 13. Psalm chapter 13. And, and man, this is, this is a big one today. This is, this is a big one today. Uh, because if you follow Jesus for any amount of time, uh, then I think you've either experienced this or you're about to experience this in your life. Uh, this psalm is written by King David. Many of the psalms are written by King David. We looked at a couple of his already. And uh, David was described as a man after God's own heart. The Bible describes him as a man after God's own heart. Would you like to have that title? A man or a woman after God's own heart. Man, that's, that's what I'd want to be known by. But this is literally how the Bible describes David. He was a man after God's own heart. So this isn't written by someone who's partially following God. Right? This isn't written by someone, uh, you know, who, who doesn't know God. This is, this is somebody who's all in. I mean, this is a faithful follower of God. This is a mature believer. All right? So understand that when we're reading. This is written by a mature believer, a man after God's own heart. Psalm 13, starting with verse 1, says this. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Jesus, thank you for your word. God, even though sometimes we don't fully understand it, God, I pray that you would just reveal truth in your scripture today. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, this is, this is a big one today, right? What do we do? When we pray, but God seems silent. What do we do when God is silent? Right? This is David writing this. A man after God's own heart. A man who is faithful, but yet he's crying out, God, where are you? God, I don't, I don't feel you. 
God, I don't hear you. When are you going to answer me, God? Why are you hiding from me? Like right now, I'm simply like when I pray, I'm just alone in my thoughts. Ever feel that way? Like you're praying, it's just like, who am I even praying to? Am I talking to a ceiling today, God? Right? And, and you're just praying, it's just, and David's like, I'm alone in my thoughts. And that's a scary place, God, to be alone up there. Like, I need you. Where are you? Why can't I hear from you? I used to be able to hear from you. I used to feel you all the time, but now I come and I get on my knees and I can't feel you, God. And now my enemies are prospering over me. I mean, my whole world feels like it's caving in. And God, you're nowhere to be found. Why are you silent Now's not the time. You used to give me dreams. You used to give me visions. You used to give me ideas. But right now, it's just blank. It's, it's nothing. So David's calling on God, and he just feels like God's not answering. Are right, you ever call, call a loved one, you know, maybe a spouse or your kid or a parent or something like that, and you call, and, and it rings, and it rings, and it rings, and then eventually you get the, you know, this person has a voicemail box that's not set up yet. And... Uh, so what do you do? Because you love them so much, you decide they need to, they need to pick up their phone. I'm going to call them again, right? So you call them again, and they don't answer. So what do you do? You call them again, right? Anybody like that out there? You just keep calling. Keep, you wouldn't do this to just somebody you don't know. You do this to somebody you love. And then pretty soon, uh, they don't answer, they don't answer. So then you figure, well, if they don't answer, then I'm going to text them right? So you start texting them, where are you? Why aren't you answering your phone? And then all of a sudden the capital letters start coming out, right? It's just all caps. Pretty soon it just turns into angry face emojis, right? And then that person who's had their phone on vibrate the whole time pulls it out like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, right? And, uh, and they see 17 missed messages. And sometimes it can feel that way with God, right? God, I keep crying out, but you don't answer your phone. I can't leave a message. God, where are you? Why aren't you getting back to me? And you feel like God is silent. See, this is something that in our walk with Christ that, that almost everyone goes through. Almost everyone goes through this. When, when you first got saved, I mean, everything was just fireworks, and man, you felt goosebumps, and you just felt like the Holy Spirit on your life, and it was just like, God, I just want to be, you know, in your presence like this forever, and this would, this would just be great. But now, I pray, and it's just nothing, right? Just silence. I worship, but I don't feel anything. Does God even hear me? Am I doing something wrong? Is God nowhere to be found, right? Am I just talking to the ceiling today, God? Where are you? Have you ever gone through a time like that? Have you ever gone through a time like that? Maybe you're going through a time like that right now where it just feels like there's just nothing and God is silent. But if you feel this way today and you feel like, man, your spiritual sensor is just broken, I encourage you, don't press the panic button today, all right? Don't press the panic button. Just hold on. You're in good company. Uh, like I said, King David, a man after God's own heart, he felt this way. He's crying out, God, where are you? God, I don't understand. God, I don't hear from you. Where'd you go? Uh, even looking at today, uh, or even modern day, maybe some of you guys know C.S. Lewis. Uh, he's a Christian author and, and uh, wrote a lot of great books. And he described that time in his life as a whirlpool state, where it was just like this vacuum that he couldn't hear from God. Uh, Mother Teresa even said she went through silent years, where there was just years where she didn't even hear from God, didn't hear God's voice. Billy Graham, uh, an evangelist, talked about uh, when God would lift his conscious presence from his life. So if you've ever experienced times where you feel like, God, why are you being silent? God, why, why am I all alone? 
you're in good company, right? You're not alone. They're, this is a normal thing. A lot of people go through this time where we can't hear from God. But here's the thing. Anybody can trust in Jesus in the goosebump moments. But can you trust him when you don't feel him? Can you trust in his word when you don't feel him or when you feel like you can't hear him? So we're going to be looking at a few questions today. And the first one that I want to answer is this. Why is God silent sometimes? Why is God silent sometimes? You ever wonder that? You ever stop and think, God, why can't I hear from you today? Right? And you've asked that question, why? So I want to give you three reasons. This isn't an exhaustive list, but three different reasons why sometimes God is silent. Now, uh, the first one, and this is the one that I tend to run to. I don't know about some of you guys in here, but this is the, the first one I always think of is like, God is silent because I messed up, right? God is silent because I've distanced myself from God. And that could definitely be a reason why we can't hear from God is because, you know, we've pushed him away. Uh, in fact, Isaiah 59 says this, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Right? So this definitely is a thing. Uh, we can sometimes not hear from God because sin gets in the way. Because we've done something. Because we've put distance between ourselves and God and we build up this wall. So for me, I know that's the first thing I go to. It's just like, God, I can't hear you today but you're way better and holier than I am, so there must be something wrong with me, not something wrong with you. And so it's immediately like go through the checklist, like what's, what's going on? Um, so for some of you, you know, ask, the, ask yourself some of these questions. God, have I spent time with you lately? Or if I just, is this the first time I've come to you in a long time? You know, have I spent daily time with God? Have I been on my knees? Have I been praying? Have I been faithful? That's a good question to ask. Uh, another question to ask is just like, man, is there just like some ongoing sin in my life? Have I chosen, chose to, to disobey you? Like I know there's things in my life, you know, we all mess up. We all have, have sin. We all do those things. But are there things in my life that I am choosing on a daily basis that I know are wrong? but I'm not letting go. God, I'm not changing my heart. Or those things, you know, each time we do that, each time the Holy Spirit's telling us, don't do that, don't do that, that's wrong. And each time we say, no, I'm going to do it anyways. It's like we're, we're just building up scar tissue in our heart. We're, we're putting up that, we're making our heart a stone. We're building up a wall. We're putting another brick up of saying, God, I don't want to hear from you anymore. And then we run to him and it's just like, well, God, why can't I hear from you anymore? Well, you built a wall up. You've distanced yourself from God. There's some things in your life that, that need to break. There's some things in your life that need to, to change. You know, maybe, maybe it's just you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. You're hanging out with the wrong people. The people that you're around most often are, are bringing you down. You're not bringing them up, right? They're, they're not people that are uh, helping you go deeper in your relationship with God. So who are you hanging around? Maybe those things can affect you hearing from God. Uh, another reason... Uh, that we can have on ourselves is maybe you're just physically and emotionally exhausted, right? We, we talked about rest a couple weeks ago. You're not taking that Sabbath time. You're not uh, taking those moments to rest, to rest in God. And so now you're just so worn out. It's just like, yeah, that spiritual sensor is just completely broken because you've exhausted your physical body. So there's a lot of different things that we can sit in here of just, okay, how, how have I distanced myself from God? 
Well, how have I put those things? So that's one of the first things is you can go, you can just kind of do uh, a systems check and say, God, is there anything I've done to distance myself to you? And, and if there is, man, God, forgive me. God, bring me back. God, tear down that wall. God, soften my heart today. Now, that's the one I tend to go to, but the good news is if God's silent, that's not the only reason that he might be silent. See, he might be silent and you have done nothing wrong. See, the second thing, and one I want to spend some time on here is uh, one reason why God is silent is to help you grow. To help you grow. You may have never thought about that before, but sometimes God is silent to help you grow. Now, the last couple years, uh, on and off, I've been trying to teach our daughters, Ava and Ella, how to ride a bike. And it's been bad. I mean, let me just be honest. Uh, they were good on training wheels, but you take the training wheels off, and it was a disaster. I mean, I was trying all the dad tactics that I could. And, and so uh, the first time I took them off and, and uh, I just thought, well, let's go for it, you know. So you, you know, just shove them out there and they crashed. And then they got scared. And then they didn't want to try that again for a long time, right? And so that, that was a fail. Uh, so the next time I got out there and, and uh, I tried to... You know, you just need to feel the balance on it. So I, I took off the training wheels. I kind of held the front tire, and I held onto the bars, and I just kind of let them, you know, let go. You know, I'm going to catch you. Don't worry. I'm here for you. But it was still scary for them. And so we just pushed them anyways, and they fell again, and didn't work out, right? So strike two. And then the next time I thought, okay, I'm just going to, like, run with them, and eventually they're going to feel it. So I'm just, you know, running around the neighborhood with the bike. I literally did a whole, like, block just holding on to the girls and their bikes, thinking, okay, eventually they're going to get the feel of this if I just hold on to them long enough. So I get around the whole block, and, and they're all confident and all happy, like, yeah, I made it the whole way, and then I shove them in two feet and down again, right? So I was like, okay, this just isn't working. Maybe they'll just never learn to ride a bike. I, I don't know. You know, they were just so scared of it in, in their life. And, and uh, so finally this year, I pulled out the big guns, and I said, if you learn how to ride your bike, I'm going to take you to the store and buy you a prize. I resorted to bribery, right? It's just, that's what you do. Um, that, that's the only thing I could think of. No joke. Two tries. They were up and running, you know. And it was just like, come on. Like, that's all it took. I could have done this. We could have solved this a long time ago. You were just afraid and you needed that help. You needed that push. So, so Ava gets up and she's going right away. And, and then Ella, not to be outdone, she's got to try it. But hers was a little bit harder. And, and, but every time I let go of her, she just stopped pedaling. And it's like, no, you got to keep pedaling if you want to have speed to be able to do it. You got the balance down, but you got to keep pedaling. So it's just like, hey, just, just keep pedaling. Just, just keep going for it. And eventually she got it. She got it, and what's nice now, I don't have to run around the block and hold on to them anymore, right? I can let go, and now all of a sudden, they can get a lot farther without dad, right? Because they're learning what I taught them. Just keep pedaling. Just keep going. You've got this. You've got all the skills. You've got all the abilities you need to do. You just need to trust it now, right? You just need to trust the training that I gave you. See, you may be wondering today, God, why can't I feel your touch anymore? Why, why can't I feel you like I used to? God, why have you abandoned me? Why did you let me go? Why did you let me crash? God, why did you hide your face from me? Why aren't you talking to me? Well, if I never let go of my girls while they were riding their bike, they would have never learned to ride their bike. In the same way with us, 
if God is just constantly giving you that, that feeling and that emotion all the time and he's just in your face, you're never going to grow. You're only going to be able to go so far. But sometimes I think God lets go of us and he says, okay, now trust me. Just keep pedaling. Just keep doing what I told you to do. Just stay, stay in my word. Just stay praising. Just stay on your knees. Just stay in prayer. You may not be able to feel it today, but I didn't change. My, my presence didn't change. My word didn't change. You just need to trust me. And it's in those moments when, when God kind of lets go, that's when we learn. That's when we grow. That, that's when our faith goes a little bit deeper. See, because the truth is, even when you don't feel God, his word doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 5, also in Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He says that. But yeah, God, but I don't feel you. It feels like you're not here. But no, God didn't leave you. God didn't forsake you. Just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he's not around. Matthew chapter 28 says, surely I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Like that's truth. You can take that to the bank. You can trust on that even in the dry times, even in the times when you don't feel God. God's still there. He hasn't left you. But he may be teaching you something in that moment. Just because you can't feel God doesn't mean that he's not there. See, when we, you come to the point when your feelings aren't there and you have to decide, do I trust my feelings or do I trust God? Right? That's, that's the decision we need to come to. Do I trust my feelings or do I trust God? We, we know the truth. We know God's word, but do we trust it enough to live it even in the dry times, even when it's not easy or obvious? When God lets go of us, do we trust him to just keep pedaling, to just keep going? See, right now, um, you know, I know my girls are over, they're in the ark room right now. I dropped them off there, and I assume they're still over there in the nursery. They, you know, that they, they didn't go take a field trip or something. I can't see them, I can't hear them, but I know they're there. I know they're there in the same way, just because you can't hear or feel or sense God on certain days doesn't mean he's not there. We, we know he's there because his word says, you're here, you're with us, you'll be with us always. You have, I will not leave you, I won't abandon you, I won't forsake you. And so we trust in God, we trust in his word over our feelings. And I think when we choose to trust in God in those dark times, in those silent times, man, that's when we grow that's when we grow. That's when our roots, our spiritual roots grow down deeper. See, God wants you to grow in love with him rather than grow in love with the feelings of him. God wants you to be solid all your days. So sometimes he lets go so that you can build that trust. So those roots can go down a little bit deeper. Uh, in high school, I took a photography class. Uh, not a digital one, just, just the plain old photography class. And you got to admit, I was terrible at it. Okay, it sounded really cool, you know, the camera was fun, but as far as like having artistic eye, I failed in that. But the one fun part was we got to take the film and you go into a dark room, right? You go into the dark room and that's when you develop it and you put it in all the different washes and you expose it for, for so long so that picture can become permanent. But the thing is, if you never go through the dark room, if you never go through that developing time, that picture doesn't become permanent. That picture will wash out. If you just pull it out and expose it to light, the picture's gone forever. But if you take the time and you go through and you do the right process and you go through that dark room, man, that picture will be around. That, that picture develops and becomes what it was meant to be. And the same thing in our lives. Sometimes we got to go through some dark rooms. 
Sometimes we got to go through some developing processes. Because if we just say, all right, here I am, God. No, we're going to expose ourselves to too much. That light's going to come in and we can't handle it. And, and man, we're gone. We're gone. But sometimes we got to go through the dark times. We got to go through those developing times in our life so we can develop our lives for Christ. Romans chapter 5 tells us that, that we know that suffering produces perseverance, that perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. But it all starts with that suffering. It all starts with that dark time. It all starts with that dry season, with those silent times in our lives. But it helps us to grow. So sometimes God is silent so we can grow. The third thing, third reason why I think uh, sometimes God is silent is just spiritual warfare. Pastor Joni talked about this just a few weeks ago. But spiritual warfare, uh, man, it, it's a real thing and it's a, it's a real battle. There's a battle going on in the heavenlies every day. And sometimes I think God is silent uh, in the midst uh, of the spiritual warfare that we're going on. The devil wants to attack. He wants to come in and, and uh, man, hurt you in a low spot, right? In, in just a dry time in your life. Jesus, he went through this. Jesus went through one of the most touchy-feely, tangible, emotional times of his life, of God's presence, when, when he was baptized in the Jordan River by John, and he literally hears a voice from heaven, God saying, this is my son, whom I love, and with whom I'm well pleased, right? You've got the Holy Spirit tangible, descending as a dove there. I mean, amazing time, right? God is moving powerfully. So the next thing Jesus does is go out in the desert for 40 days and fast. You know, like, okay, that's a dry time. He goes from this, you know, God, why can't every day just be, you speak from me audibly from heaven and the Holy Spirit just literally descends on me? Why can't that be every day? But Jesus showed it himself. He went into this dry time. No food for 40 days. And it was in that moment when Satan came and tried to tempt him. And Satan came against him and he had some spiritual warfare going on. But here's the thing, when the devil is out to get you, I want you to change your perspective. Instead of just thinking like, woe is me, everything's terrible, my life is horrible. I mean, that's what Jesus could have done. He could have been like, I've got no chance, you know. But instead, why don't we consider that a compliment? Man, the devil is out to get you because he's afraid of you, right? He, he's worried that you're going to take him down. He, he sees your potential. He sees what's coming, and he's afraid. And so he's going to attack you in those dry moments. But this is a time when you're growing, when you're developing, and God's about to unleash you uh, into this world and do some havoc uh, on the kingdom of the devil and build the kingdom of God. And the devil is getting scared of you. So consider that a compliment when the devil attacks you. And he's worried about what's coming. Uh, in, in basketball, I, I played high school basketball, and uh, it, that was a lot of fun. And, and it was fun just before the game. The coach would sit us down, and he'd set up our defense for the other team. You know, if you've played basketball or watched basketball, you, you've seen there's a lot of different defenses. And, you know, sometimes it would be man-to-man. Man man, sometimes it would be zone defense, all these different things. But whenever the other team would have just an outstanding player, I mean, the best player on the team, they would just totally take over a game. Our coach would usually sit down and he'd draw up a defense called the box and one. All right, that means, all right, we're going to stick our best player on their best guy. And we're just going to hound that guy all night. We're going to make sure that he doesn't beat us. And as soon as you get tired, we're going to send somebody in with fresh legs to go wreak havoc on his life some more. We're just going to take him down as much as we can. If he passes the ball, don't let him get it back, right? And just always have a hand in his face. And everybody else, you'll just kind of deal with, you know, the rest of you. You'll just zone up on the rest of the people. But that one person, we're going to single him out. 
And so uh, we do that, and sometimes it would work great. We'd get in that person's head, and they'd just be off, and they'd throw the ball away, and it was just fun, you know, seeing the coach's plans come together on that box and one. But other times, that person would, would realize, like, I see what they're doing to me. They're, they're giving me this, you know, they're putting a guy specially on me. And that would kind of give them some more confidence, right? They, they would take that as a compliment. And now all of a sudden they would pass it off and destroy us in a lot of other different ways. And we'd totally lose the game because of that person. But we need to start viewing, man, when the devil singles us out, when he puts the box in one on us and he, and he says that, man, that's a compliment. And he's saying, I'm worried about you, right? I'm worried what you're going to do for the kingdom of God. So I'm going to throw everything I've got at you, right? So he tries to lie to you. He tries to lie to you. He tries to tell you, man, you don't feel God. Must mean you have no faith. No feelings equals no faith. And he tries to tell you that lie, but that's not true, right? That's not true. Just because we don't feel God doesn't mean that, that we're not following Jesus. Sometimes we're just growing. Or other times he might tell you, he might remind you of all the things you've done wrong. All those things that God's forgiven you of and you're just holding on to guilt. Ever been there before? Just holding on to that guilty feeling like, oh, man, I've done this wrong. I've done this wrong. But in those moments, we need to hold on to truth. Uh, Psalm 103 says this, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Right? As far as the east is from the west, God's forgiven you. You've gone to God and you say, God, forgive me of this sin. God, forgive me of my past and you've done that, and the devil tries to bring it back up? No, he's just trying to trick you, right? He's just trying to give you guilt. Uh, that's some spiritual warfare. And you can go back to this verse in Psalm 103 and say, no, God's removed my sin as far as the east is from the west, right? God's come in and he's changed me. My transgressions are gone. My sins are gone. I am free. John 3, 17 says, uh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him right? God's not going to condemn you for something he's already forgiven you. He, he doesn't want to bring you down. He doesn't want to give you guilt. He wants to bring you up. He wants to save you. So man, when you're feeling that condemnation of something you've already asked for forgiveness for, that's, that's the devil. That's spiritual warfare trying to come against you uh, in those silent times, in those dry times. And it's in those moments when we need to trust in God and we need to trust in his word. So let me ask a couple more questions. And, and the first one is this. First one is this, and I'm actually going to skip ahead in my notes here for a second. The first one is this. What shouldn't you do? What shouldn't you do during those silent times? What's the wrong thing to do during silent times? And uh, I've got, telling you about my family a little bit here today, I've got a son who loves roller coasters. And I love that because I love roller coasters. It took me till I was like 15, 16 years old to start loving roller coasters, but he's loved them from like day one. And he loves roller coasters. His favorite roller coaster of all time is uh, Space Mountain. Space Mountain, if you've ever ridden on that one before, basically it's a roller coaster, goes really fast, and it's completely dark because you're in space. But you don't know where the track's going to go. So it just whips you around everywhere you're going. You don't know where it's going to go. And uh, just completely dark. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, he really wants to go on this ride. And at that point, you know those signs like you have to be this tall to ride? He maybe had like one hair above that line. I mean, that was it. So I'm thinking, man, he's not ready. Um, 
He's going to get thrown out of this ride. Something bad's going to happen. But he was, he was all gung-ho. He says, sign me up. I want to be in there. I want to be in the front seat, Dad. Right? So we go in there, and uh, we're, we're on Space Mountain. We're in, in the seat, and I'm just thinking, something bad's going to happen. Like, he's going to get thrown out. Uh, this lap bar's not going to be tight enough. I literally held on to him the whole ride. Uh, that, that's the way it was, because it was just every time it's like, I think it's going left. Nope, it's going right. And, and it's pulling you back because it's completely dark. Now, in that moment, halfway through, I'm just thinking, I have lost my son. Like, he's got whiplash, his neck is broken, or something like that, and we need to just, like, bail right now. Now, the worst possible thing I could do would be to jump out of the ride at that moment, right? That would be much worse than just staying on the ride, because it's got a track, it knows where it's going, and eventually we're going to get back to the beginning of the line. So I decided I'm not going to jump out. I'm just going to hold on, and hopefully I have an alive son by the time of this. So we get, we get back to the end, and I mean, all I see is just like hair standing up. And I mean, it, it, it looked crazy. And I get out, and I'm like, Luke, are you still alive? He's just like, Dad, that was the best ride ever. And I'm like, okay, good. He's still alive. All, all that happened. But the worst thing I could have done would have been to just bail out middle of the ride in that dark time. And sometimes we think that's the safest thing we can do. Oh, God, I can't hear you. I'm going through this dark time. Let's just jump off this Jesus thing. Let's just get out of here. And that's the worst thing that we can do is just say, God, I'm going to bail on you. Don't you know God's got a plan for you, even in the dark times? He's got a plan for you. You're not off the route. You're still on the right track. And he's taking you to a destination, even in the dark times. So we need to trust him in those dark times. Don't bail on God when things get difficult. Trust God when things get difficult. Because here's what we should do. Here's what we should do when, when things get difficult, when, when things get quiet, is we need to trust in God. What do we do when God is silent? What should we do when God is silent? I want to look at the end of Psalm chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, because all of a sudden, David changed his tone. King David changed his tone from the first four verses that were just like, God, I don't understand. God, where are you? Why can't I hear you? In verse 5, he says this, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. See, even in the midst of silence, David chooses to trust God. David chooses to trust in God's word. He chooses to hold on tight to his promises, that promise in Deuteronomy. You know, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. David's holding on tight to that in the darkness, in the silence, when he feels like he has no support. He chooses to trust God's word over his feelings. He chooses to praise God even in the difficult moments, even in the difficult moments. That's what we need to do. When God is silent, we trust his word. When God is silent, we trust in his word. Isaiah chapter 50, uh, verse 10, it's, it's a little verse, and if you read it fast, uh, you won't even think twice about it, but I, I want to read it slow to you, okay? So we can just take a minute, because I think we can get some great truth out of this. Isaiah 50, verse 10 says this, who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. It was short, but I want to ask this question. Who is this written to? Who is this written to? Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the words of a servant? 
It's written to followers of God, people who follow God, who fear the Lord, right? So it was written to followers of God, but not just any followers of God. It goes on and says, let the one who walks in the dark who has no light, right? So it was written to Christians, to, to followers of God who feel like they're walking around in the dark, who feel like they're walking around in the dark. You know, these ones who are supposed to be full of the light of the world are walking around in the dark. They can go through dark times. See, just because you haven't heard from God doesn't mean that you're out of God's will. I want you to get that. Just because you haven't heard from God, it doesn't mean that you're out of God's will. Now, it can mean that, but it doesn't have to mean that. See, like we looked at earlier, it could be that you distanced yourself from God, but it could also be that, man, this is just a time of testing in your life. This is a time of growth. You know, when you go through a test at school, you know, the teacher spent all that time teaching you and going through the books, and you've probably done your best job to ignore what they were telling you or not reading the books or all that. But, I mean, they worked really hard to teach you that. And then during the test, you know what the teacher doesn't do? Talk. They stay silent. And they see, all right, did they learn? Did they, did they grow this semester? Did they listen to what I had to say? I've been talking to them this whole time, but now during the test, the teacher stays silent. Right? So maybe sometimes it's just we're silent, because, or God's silent, because he wants to see, what have you learned? Are you growing? Are you staying faithful to my word? You know, can you put into practice what I taught you? Again, maybe you're going through a dry time so your roots can go deeper. Uh, maybe you're going through that developing time. You're going through that dark room in your life. Or you're, you're you know, to grow stronger, we've got to go through pain. We, we've got to grow through those things. Maybe you're going through spiritual warfare and you're battling those things. So just because you're in a dark time, in a silent time, doesn't mean that you're outside of God's will. Sometimes it means you're smack dab in the middle of God's will. And he has you right where he wants you. So what do you do? You're a follower of God, but you feel like you're walking around in the dark. What do you do? The end of the verse says, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on God. Trust in the name of the Lord and rely on God. See, because God's character can be trusted even when your feelings can't. God's character can be trusted even when your feelings can't. So how do you trust him? How do you trust him? When you're going through those dark times, keep praying. Stay on your knees. When you're going through those times, stay in God's word. Keep reading God's word. Stay close to it memorize it, get it inside of you, read it double, right? He wants to speak to you through this word. So maybe he's not speaking to you the way that you think he should speak to you, but man, he wants to speak to you through this word. Keep praising, keep lifting up the name of Jesus, keep following after God, even in the dark times, even in the dark times. Or maybe let me ask you this, if you're going through a dark time right now, what's the last thing that you heard from God? What's the last thing that God told you to do? right? Maybe it was, hey, I want you to, to read through this book of the Bible. Maybe it was, I want you to reach out to this neighbor. Maybe it was, I want you to volunteer for kids ministry. I, I don't know. What, what was it? Go back to the last thing that God told you to do and do that. Do that. Maybe it's because he's just waiting for you to follow orders, to follow instructions. Maybe he told you to volunteer. You're like, nah. Well, maybe now it's the time to say, you know what, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust in you. And he's waiting to see, will you trust me? So go back to the last thing that God told you to do and do that. Anybody ever lost their kid in a grocery store before or the mall or something like that? I've got, that happened to me once. It's a long story. I'll tell you sometime. But 
But man, it's scary. It's scary when you lose a kid, right? And, and when you lose a kid, the last thing you want for them to do is to just run around and try to find you while you're trying to run around and find them. Usually it doesn't work, right? Usually you don't find them. The thing you'd want your kid to do is just stay put and call out your name, right? If you just stay put and yell out, Mom, Dad, you know, that's how we're going to be able to best find them. And I think sometimes when we feel lost, when we feel like, you know, God doesn't see us, one of the best things we can do is just stay put and call out his name. God, I need you. God, I need you. Just keep crying out to God. Keep crying out to God. Just stay put and keep crying out to God. So that's what we do. We trust in God. We try. We keep praying. We keep growing. We keep trusting in him. We do what he tells us to do. And we follow God's call on our life. So that's what we do during those dark times. Worship team, would you come? See, in Psalm 13, David's going through a dark time. He's going through a silent time, but he chooses, he chooses to trust in God even when he didn't hear from him. And we grow. We grow when we choose to trust God in those dark times. Um, I read about a tradition or a, a rite of passage in, in the Iroquois tribe. Uh, when an Iroquois boy would reach the age of 12, uh, he would be, uh, this was his rite of passage to manhood. He would be led out into the forest in the dark of night. And they'd pick a night where uh, the moon wasn't shining or there was clouds covering, so the darkness was even more intense. And, and they'd put him out uh, in the middle of the forest with nothing to defend himself. And the goal was for him, he needed to stay the entire night there. And if he stayed the, the whole night in, in the dark, in the cold, alone, unprotected, un, undefended, then the next morning, if he didn't get scared and run back to the village, he would be officially deemed a man. But if he got scared and he ran back, his manhood would be put on an indefinite leave. Like it didn't happen. His promotion wouldn't happen. So I want you to just picture that scene. Here you're 12 years old and, and you got your whole tribe coming out and they drop you off in the middle of the dark forest and, and you begin to see everybody leave and, and their lights begin to fade until you're just sitting there alone with your thoughts in the darkness you're cold you're shivering you look around and i mean every twig that snapped everything that broke you're just thinking man something's going to pop out of the forest and tear me limb from limb and really it wasn't just a battle with the darkness but it was a, a battle with your fears it was a battle with your with your thoughts you didn't get sleep that night because you know that disaster could strike at any moment and that voice inside your head, or maybe a thousand voices inside your head, told you, it's time to run. It's time to go back. Go back to a place of safety. But hours later, if that boy would stay the course and conquer those fears and conquer the, the darkness that he was put in, morning would come. The light would break. You know, he's rubbing his eyes and he looks up and all of a sudden he'd see a big figure. In a, in a tree not too far from him and he would see his dad arrow drawn ready to protect his son at a moment's notice if anything would go wrong see that whole time the boy thought he was alone thought there was no one to defend him but yet when he, he trusted and, and, and he knew okay I need to stay in the darkness 
He wasn't alone. His dad was there the whole time, ready to protect him, ready to defend him from any harm. At the first sign of danger, his father would have come out of the darkness and protected his son with his own life. The loving father would never allow his son to face the darkness alone. But he knew that in order to grow and mature the boy, he had to choose to conquer his fears and his confusion. Though the boy might have felt abandoned and forgotten, his feelings were lies. He was under his father's protection the whole time. And as the father watched, the boy's courage outlasted the night. And when the daylight finally came the next morning, it revealed the young boy who was maturing into a true man. So maybe you're going through a dark time right now or a silent time and you're wondering, God, where are you? God, why aren't you speaking to me? God, how am I going to make it through? Know this. God hasn't left you. Man, he's waiting there. He's protecting you. He's guiding you. He's leading you even when you don't feel it. He's there. He's in the midst. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Surely I will be with you always even through the end of the age. So if you're going through that dark time, man, flip the script. Change your perspective. This is a good thing because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Think about all the times that you've prayed this prayer. God, I want to grow in you. God, I want to grow in you. I want to be more like you. God, make me stronger in my faith. That's a dangerous prayer. Maybe you're going through the dark right now, and that's an answer to the prayer that you've prayed. That's an answer to the prayer you've prayed. Because God's growing you and developing you. And to do that, he kind of had to let go and say, just keep pedaling. Let's see if you trust the things that I've taught you. Let's see if you trust in my word. And again, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but one of the things I hold on strong to when I can't hear God, I've gone through those times, I've gone through those seasons when I can't hear God. I know God's already written all these words to me. And if I just take the time to open this book, I can hear from God every day. Even if I don't feel him, even if I don't experience him. Man, he's written you an entire book. An entire book of words just for you. Because he loves us, because he cares for us. Right now, would you just bow your heads with me? Today, if you're sitting here today and and you're just realizing, maybe God's silent in my life because I've never cried out to him. I've I've never, I've never asked him to come in and be the Lord of my life. I've never asked for forgiveness. I believe today that, that when you cry out, when you ask God to be the Lord of your life, the Bible says that Man, he will forgive you, that you will be saved. There's no doubt about it. There's no maybes. You will be saved. And when we confess that Jesus is Lord and we believe that he died on the cross, you will be saved. So today, if there's anybody in this place and you say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I need to cry out to him today. Would you just raise your hand and catch my eye? I want to pray with you today. Thank you. Anybody else here today, you just say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to cry out to him. Thank you. Anybody in the balcony? Say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life today. If you're online, raise your hand in the comments. Type a comment. We we want to pray with you today. The second thing, today, if you were honest with yourself, and you say, you know what? 
I'm just going through a dark time. I'm going through a silent time right now. I just feel like I can't hear from God. And man, I, I want that to change. I, I, I need to trust in God. If that's you today, would you just slip your hand up in the air? Because you're not alone in this place. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hands going up all over this place. It just You just feel like you're in a dark time. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray with you. Would, you. would you stand with me right now? Here's what I'm going to do. I, I want to pray for you. If you're in, if, if you, you know, you raise your hand and you say, you know what, I, I want to know Jesus. I, I want to serve him. I want to cry out to him. We're going to have uh, the prayer team right over here. Uh, a couple members of the prayer team, they're going to be here. And I want you to come during this song. And I, I want you um, just to come and let them know, hey, I want to accept Jesus. And, and they, they're going to pray for you. They're going to guide you through. Um, they're going to celebrate with you. And, and so I just want you to, to go over there. If, if, if you're number two, you're saying, man, I just want to really want to hear from God. And I just haven't heard it for a while. We're going to have some prayer team members over here. And if you like prayer and, and you just have something that's going on, they'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you just say, no, I just need to go to the altar and I just need to give this to God. We'll just come right down here in the middle. Just find a spot. You don't need to pray with somebody. You can just go after God uh, yourself. Um, so that's, that's what's going to happen here in a moment. We're going to uh, just go to worship. We're going to go to this altar. We're going to go to this place. So let me pray for you. And, and then let's, let's seek after God today. Jesus, God, we come to you even in the silent times. We continue to trust in you because we know that you're always here for us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. God, I pray for those, uh, God, who, who need you in this place today. God, who need your salvation. God, I, I pray that they would cry out to you today. God, that they would confess their sins, that they would confess you as the Lord and the Savior of their life. And Lord, I, I believe and I know your word says their lives will never be the same. They will be saved. Uh, they, they will no longer, when they die, go to eternity in hell, but they'll go to an eternity in heaven. So Lord, we rejoice today for those who are making that decision. And God, for those who can't hear your voice today, who are going through those dry times, God, I pray that you'd help them just examine their heart. Is this something they caused or is this something, God, that you're doing to help grow them? God, to help them move forward. So God, I pray that you would reveal things in lives, that you would uh, unturn stones that maybe we never noticed before were there. And, and God, I just pray you give encouragement today. God, that we would grow through the dry times, that we would grow stronger, that our roots would go down deeper, that you would develop us. God, that, that we would grow stronger in this difficult time. So speak today, guide today. God, help us to follow you, follow your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Prayer team, would you come? Church, would you come to this altar? And let's go after Jesus together.
Stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. 